Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bijou Podcasts. So they get the sperm and they defrost it on a day that they basically try and pick. Defrost. They do? <laughs> yeah. Do they not? What do you <laughs> Sounds say? like you're like you're about to cook a meal. But just that's gotta, what happens. Just got to defrost the chicken, Dal. Welcome to another episode of Couple Goals. I'm Stacey June. And I'm Ben Jenkins. Hello, everybody. We just had a discussion about basically whether it's there will be a time in the future where if I stay quiet, Ben will know what to do and what to say. And I don't know if we're there yet, are we? No, probably not. I'm only a couple of podcast <laughs> episode records deep here, so I'm still I'm still learning. It's understandable. I was just more inquiring as to see if you were feeling comfy in that space. And it's quite evident that, well, you you were saying you were not at all. (laughs) It's all new. It's all uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit uncomfortable today, actually, um, because we had a pretty big step in a new direction today, which we will talk about towards the end of this episode. Mm. Um, But we are talking about... It's uh, been a difficult day. One of the difficult days. Has it? Well, I wouldn't have thought it was that difficult. Well, it's been a lot to... Uh... Yeah, I think we need to actually di- open this up a bit because mm. I find that you found it more difficult than me, which has made me quite furious. Okay. Yeah, it has. Because today we want to talk about IUI. Yeah. And essentially, if you haven't listened to the show around why we're doing a fertility treatment process or on a fertility journey, mm. you can listen to episode one and two. And it'll give you a bit of an idea about who we are, how we met, and why we've found ourselves needing fertility treatment from the beginning, from the get-go for us. Yeah. Um, there's not a simple situation where you can go over to a holiday in Fiji and fuck all week and hope for the best. Yeah. That's, that's not our story. No, not at all. No. No. Unfortunately, uh, I had cancer when I was 36 and uh, the resulting treatment was for me to have my prostate removed. Mm. And therefore, we have to... Um, uh, conceive a baby artificially. So we need to get the sperm into me, essentially. Mm. So we IUI is the most um, hormone-free, natural possibility um, for us to do that with as little, I suppose, interference as possible. That's right. Um, and it's a, it's a fertility treatment that involves placing the sperm inside a woman's, myself's, uterus to facilitate fertilization. So The IUI, the goal is to increase the number of sperm that reaches right up in the fallopian tubes tubes, and then um, they hope that that gives you even better chance than natural intercourse because they kind of do a lot of the sperm's work for you. So it's not just people like us that have gone through a prostate cancer diagnosis. It's for people that might have um, not the strongest amount, like strong sperm, people that might have sperm problems, Mm. people that uh, might just need to try. Motility. I think they they call it motility. Motility. Right, right. Sperm motility. Right. Sperm motility. That motile. Yeah. I don't really understand how. Well, I, I think that, that relates that relates to how how good good swimmers they are. Right. So the strength, and that's a yeah. really big part of the conversation, actually. And the other options, I suppose, are a lot of people will try IUI uh, before they go to IVF. Mm. So you mm. might think, okay, we're not one hundred percent sure of what's going on because so much uh, infertility is really undiagnosed. There's a lot of people out there that might have Mm. endometriosis or PCOS or other kind of um, complications within their bodies. Um, A lot of the time it is because it's underperforming sperm is Mm. a big one. I think it's almost 50% male um, causes of male and female infertility are pretty much even, which a lot of people don't know because you hear a lot of the time that it's 
female infertility or the infertility comes from the woman. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty even Stevens from what I've researched. Mm, mm. So there's plenty of reasons that people go into IUI. And we ha- we are we've done three attempts now. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So here we are. But I suppose today it we wanted to like talk it's, about it's a bit heavy at the moment, isn't it? Um, no, and that's what I mean. I don't think it is. I think it is for you, and that's mm. why I'm saying I'm a bit frustrated. But before we get to what we did today, we had a, like a heated discussion earlier on. I felt that that was just from me writing my book, and I'm mm. finding myself really volatile in that. And you don't necessarily give great constructive feedback because it's only negative. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if that's got anything to do with what happened today in terms of our fertility journey. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. It felt different to me because that's what we're what we're doing today on this fertility journey, and and at the moment we're you know going through some hormone treatments, and um, you know uh, I think we talked about having had a couple of attempts before, and on this is just to backtrack a little bit to give some uh, frame of reference to to why I feel like I've like you know I'm in this in this emotional state. Um, is that on our first attempt, um, we... Which did, was, what, 12 months ago now? Yeah, 12 mm-hmm. months ago. Um, we actually did get pregnant, um, for those that don't know. So um, it was a really, you know, for both of us, it was a really miraculous kind of situation. It was a, it was a real uh, kind of moment. It was a real Virgin Mary kind of situation. That's what it felt like. We, you know, were really blessed to get pregnant on the first go. Um, and that was done um, a little differently. We did that through the private system and we went through a different doctor and that doctor was very keen to um, use pessaries after the treatment, which are meant to help prevent miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, which and are just to explain to everyone, they're little... Um, progesterone, is it? Yeah, mm. pockets, little, little bad boys of tablets of progesterone that mm. you manually put up your vagina so yeah. you stick it up basically as far as you can mm. i describe it as being it's hilarious if anyone any chicks listening to this show and has done the pessaries mm. it feels like you're putting them up there and then they're going into the solar system like yeah, it's yeah. such a bizarre feeling because yeah, you yeah. don't you're not placing it somewhere you're just shoving it up there and not knowing where it's going and then it just dissolves in yeah, there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um and those you know those pessaries had you know they they came with um you know notice of potential side effects um and i don't think i was ready for that so um i definitely i don't it's not a think thing i now look back on it now and i know i wasn't ready for that because so i we, we'd done the iui and we'll we'll follow we'll we'll, we'll take you through what that process is in a minute mm. but did we take the pessaries before the implant or was the pessary start was afterwards i I think i took them on the day of the implant and then after so it's to hope that it helps that egg implant and all that kind of stuff it was definitely after okay right um and and they hope that yeah you don't miscarry so i think it almost um it almost thickens some of the lining too i think is the plan yeah and i think look we were we were still (laughs) relatively new in our relationship and I think we were still kind of building trust in we, each other. We'd been together for one year. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, just, yeah, about a year. Yeah. So, and I uh, I have a tendency to get defensive regardless. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you're in a relationship um, that's only a year old and you're just trying to have a baby through IUI um, and it's all kind of new um, when those hormones had side effects and y- you did have kind of mood uh, swings, um, I was getting really defensive at that time and we were ending up in raging arguments. Yeah, it was, um, a, it was a Look, it was a tough time because... And that's... And I said that what... Yeah, sorry. To, I didn't, don't mean to cut you off, but just so I can finish that point. I, um, at the time, like, didn't have control. Like, I was getting so defensive. We were having raging arguments and you know to i feel like really emotional talking about it now because i feel like i had a lot to do with that miscarriage what because of me not keeping you in a very calm place you know i just feel like you've never said that to me no before. i know yeah 
I know. I what think I've only just realised it recently. On the fucking podcast. <laughs> well, we're being honest and raw, yeah. Yeah, but I mostly you say these things to, to like to each other before you put the mic on, Ben. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were, were you saving that? No, not at all. I no. hope not. No, I wasn't saving it for this. No, I, I wouldn't do that. It's not. A, it's not a stunt. But okay, so you think that through that time. You caused us, you contributed to causing us or not keeping us level, mm. that which caused us a lot of stress. Yeah, I think that I've, you think played a part in us losing that baby. Yeah, I definitely have thought back on that and thought, look, I, I could have done better. But that was it. Like I said, it was a strange time in the, re- not a strange time, it was a new time in the relationship. So we were still getting to know each other. And maybe that's, you know, when you look back on these things, it's like that's why uh, these things happen. You know, it's like you have to learn to trust each other before you can have a child. <laughs> it's the universe saying that to you, you know. Well, but it's, it's, that ties back to now why, why I'm feeling uncomfortable and emotional because I'm trying my hardest this time today when there are mood swings from, you know, these, these hormone, hormone injections we've, you've done today um, that I am trying to stay calm. But you ha- we haven't given any context about any of the things we've done. You've just completely dumped all of that out and vomited, mm. which I'm a little bit in shock about, to be honest. A couple things. There's just not a question in my mind ever that either of us caused that miscarriage. Okay. Like the end. Yeah, okay. It's not up for negotiation. I yeah, like okay. Uh, I just do not believe... That we have that much power, babe. Mm. I don't think you do and I don't think I do. Yeah, it's hard not to think that though. I think for me. But, and I also think that you are projecting a bit because I think today's like things that have gone on don't really have anything to do with what happened today, actually. Mm. I think you're just kind of thinking, oh my God, here we go again. We're going to go through this kind of cyclone of affairs and we're not going to be able to carry a baby. Like... That's kind of projecting bad. Mm. Like that's not going to be helpful for us this time around. Yeah. Okay. No, I think it's just a little bit of that. A little bit of that coming back. Yeah. That's well, all. I didn't even know it was there to come back. Mm. You'd never. You've never vocalised that to me. Okay. And this is the really interesting part. I mean, we were going to talk about the miscarriage next week, and I guess we'll go into more detail of that next week. But we did do an IUI, and we fell pregnant. We miscarried. We had no heartbeat at seven weeks. And then we've tried to do an IUI again uh, twice towards the end of last year. Mm. And we're currently in the process of trying again. Yeah. Um, All three of those IUI attempts were natural, so no, no support. Uh, What's it? called no no assistance so mm-hmm. um but this round we are taking uh, is it gomal or gogol or gonal, gonal. gonal. Yeah. um we're taking a very low dose of uh additional hormones to help with the egg implantation and maturation process mm. um as well as an ovulation trigger so today was the first injection day yeah but um but from that, the last three attempts, we didn't have any of that. So basically, no. IUI, just to give everyone a bit of an idea, is like a turkey-based situation. Mm. So they get the sperm and they defrost it on a day that they basically try and pick. Different defrost. They do? <laughs> yeah. Do they not? What do you <laughs> Sounds say? like you're like you're about to cook a meal. But just that's what happens. Just got to defrost the chicken, Dal. But that's what happens. I think they call it thawing. Thaw? Thaw. Oh. Thaw. <laughs> well, well, I guess it's the same, but it, it just sounds a little bit more like you're about to cook a dinner. And if you listen to last week's episode, you'll remember that Ben's the corrector. Correct. <laughs> um, but it. They call yeah. me the corrector. They call me the corrector. <laughs> um, they. Yeah, so they thaw it mm-hmm. and um, and you have gone, if you're the woman, you've gone in and had your ovulation tracked for probably about 10 days prior to this. Mm. Um, so ovulation tracking for a lot of people, it varies, but I have full bloods and a scan because mm. we don't have a lot of sperm. They get pretty specific with us and I'm also very anal and specific with the treatment that I like and I like to have as much information as possible. Yeah, yeah. So we do blood tests to try and see when that there's like what the levels are. I'm not going to, I don't know all the technicalities. I think it's like an LH level and that LH level surges when mm. you ovulate. So it'll mm. go up, go up, go up, go up, go up. And then Is it, it will HC, go up. HCG? 
Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, there's HCG and yeah. there's LH. The LH level is the one that surges. Okay. And the HCG is, I think, the pregnancy hormone. Right, right, right. So, um, and then you'll also do an internal scan. So you'll see the follicle that is growing mm-hmm. um, and the follicle is dropped, which turns into an egg that the sperm needs to meet. So the follicle will grow and grow and grow and generally get to a certain um, millimetre. So maybe mine will get to about, 14, I don't know, 19. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and then it will drop. So they put all of these factors into place to try and figure out basically the 24-hour, maybe even less, 12-hour span that you ovulate. Mm. Um, with the public system, it's a little bit different. They don't have a doctor that does the insemination and they also generally do the insemination the day after they see your surge. Mm. Whereas with the par- the private system, when they get the surge and they see the surge, you go in that day. Mm. So there's been a little bit of hesitation around the public-private thing for me. Just um, more resources, yeah, in the private system. There's more resources, more nurses, more people that can see and I, you. And to call. be fair, I haven't found Dr. Giselle where we go is incredible and all the nurses mm. are incredible. It's Absolutely. just a different process. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't got that one-on-one access to the doctor. You yeah. do need to go through nurses who are very busy and all that kind yeah. of stuff because we were paying maybe a couple hundred dollars for the public mm. system and almost 3000 for the private. Mm, that's a lot to do with the doctor though, yeah? That's, yeah, a bit. That's the cost. Yeah. yeah, so a bit a bit of both, I think. Mm. But you do have a different type of service. So we've been happy with both of our options. Mm. Um, they have been different and they've both got pros and cons. So yeah. Um, yeah. but the thing is it's hard because when you do fall pregnant from one and then you don't fall pregnant from others, you get very in your head about potentially what it could be. And Mm. you've kind of said that you thought it could even involve you at that time. Mm. You know, I have thought my into my head about, I just, you know what? I had those thoughts, but I didn't let them get anywhere where they could um, grow. Not about you, babe, about myself. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of thought, you know, I'd lost, it was funny because on the flip side, I, had lost a job a few months before. Mm. And I remember when we fell pregnant, I remember saying to you, I would never have fallen pregnant if I had had that job. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Remember? Do you remember when I yeah, called yeah, you? Yeah, And absolutely. we got the pregnancy test and yeah. we got that back from the, the clinic. Yeah. And she said, you're very pregnant. And I just yeah. remember, th- and I knew I was because we'd done <laughs> You're very, test. very pregnant. Yeah, yeah, she said that I had really strong, yeah, strong levels. numbers. Yeah. yeah. And I remember ringing you and just saying, okay, it's happened. They've confirmed from mm. the blood test. You know, we'd already done a pregnancy test mm. um, and we got like three positives and then that was confirmed and I said to you, I don't believe I would have fallen pregnant in that job. There was a reason for everything. Yeah. Never, ever did I imagine that we would miscarry. Mm. Um, no, neither did I. Did I find that process very hard? Yep. Was I panicky and anxious and probably not ready for a baby? Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many ways that you could look at it and like, you know, oh, well, we got pregnant with the private system and we got pregnant, um, you know, like you could just keep doing that yeah, until yeah. you sent yourself crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to let yeah. that go. Yeah, yeah. No, I have. It's not, and it's not, it, it hasn't fully developed in there. Like I say, it's not something I walk around with every day. It's just something that well, clearly just because you never up. said it to me. Well, I think today that's what I, that's what I was getting at before. It's like with today and what we were doing today. That's where that's where it came up. Similar situation. I think it's interesting though because I think using drugs. It's well, like, today that's the only common denominator for me. Mm. I think you've you could be right, and maybe the next week's going to be. Chaos, like it was the first time we did with Hell with <laughs> with um with assistance, it could yeah. be. Mm. But I reckon there's a good chance you've crafted that for yourself mm. in fear. Yeah, okay. In fear that we're heading back to that place. Because here's a few things. At that time, it wasn't just the hormones. It was where I was and who I was. Mm. I don't think it's uh, maybe it's not even thing. I don't think it's that's the good point. I hear you on that. I'm a um, completely different person to a yeah, year ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A year has changed us both a lot. Um, uh, and I don't think it's a fear of that situation. I think it's more of a fear of me not being able to help you in the right way. And that's what it is. It's not a fear of what the outcome will be. 
it's a fear and maybe that's, you know, me trying to be a little bit too perfect, you know. Mm. But th- I think that's what it is really creeping in, you know. I really want to be there for you and look after you and I think I've put a lot of pressure on myself this time around to make sure that I do do that. And it's and hard. It's, it's hard. It's, and it's so darling and stunning that you say those things. But on the in the reality of that, you know, what happens when you become a perfectionist, which is what you are, babe. Mm is you lose the ability to trust your heart mm. and what your heart is telling you to do for your mm. wife. Mm. And I think maybe a lot of guys might be able to relate to this, that they overthink the situation. And it's all really stunning for you to say, I want to be there and I want to be perfect and I want to make it work and I'm going to, I'm going to overthink th- that way. But I think, fellas, what you're doing is actually standing in your own way big time. Yeah, yeah. Because what we need is your love, your affection, your heart attention, not Mm. your head attention. Yeah, yeah. The second you go into your head attention is the second that we are unable to be calmed down with words Mm. and you don't move forward with your hands or your body. Mm-hmm. You don't want to touch. You go into, I need to sort this out in my head. What do you think your hands are doing? Nothing because you're thinking so much. Your body's not moving anywhere near towards your partner, which is really what a lot of the time I know I I can only speak for myself, but I need that physical connection to calm down sometimes. Mm. And that's not just in, you know, when I'm on hormones or when I'm having a mood swing it's also when I'm panicky or anxious, which is so, seems to kind of uh, like be lit by the very similar things, mm. is that one kind of opens up the other. Yeah, you know, absolutely. that negative headspace is kind of opened up by this real dramatic change in mood. Like that's mm. a real head fuck for chill. That's a real hard thing when you're already anxious and have and have a history with some some depression, Mm. you know, like that's tough when things go low fast. Yeah, it's a chain reaction. Yeah, and so then it's kind of linked to the same stuff that would make me panicky. Mm. And guys, I think, often think, well, what can I do? What can I do? What's the right thing? Mm. And that whole time you're trying to be so right, you're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think today, I don't know, for me, I don't know, something happened. It was just, uh, it just felt a lot more serious today. I don't know. And I think it probably put a lot more pressure on on myself today than than any other day. Um, so the last couple of attempts have been pretty, uh, I've been pretty good. I felt pretty so good. So that was, so the two last year you're talking about? Yeah, which were the most natural IUI attempts you can, we have had. Um, with no assistance. I forgot about the fact that the pessaries were an assistance. Just because they weren't mm. injections, I forgot that mm. they were still assisted because that's how we fell pregnant. So that's funny, isn't it? I don't know. I don't think they were. No, no. Uh, well, oh, pes- was it? Oh, yeah, because you, you take them straight away after after insemination that, that day. D- that day I took yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, okay. So we really haven't fallen pregnant completely naturally. Mm. I mean, pessaries aren't really much in the picture compared to people like IVF and those kinds of things. But for us, I kind of was very much linked on that idea that how we, yeah, fell pregnant so naturally and was really finding it hard to move into the injections or any form of assistance with hormones, et cetera, Mm. because we did fall pregnant naturally. So it was kind of hard for me to move towards that place. And I I could, maybe it's probably a good idea to talk openly a bit about that because... Mm. For me, I'm a person that really found it hard to consider the next step. So you fall, you do the IUI, they um, they track your ovulation as closely as they can, they insert it as closely as they can to um, the time that you have that surge, they put the sperm in, you lay there for 20 minutes, uh, we go home and had made love for both, two of the three occasions, one we had an argument about it. Um, <laughs> Did we? Yeah, it just wasn't flowing for us. Oh, I think okay, we were both yeah. a bit tired and felt a bit yeah. weird and sometimes that sex can be a bit forceful. And if you listen yeah. to last week's episode, um, Ben's prostate cancer diagnosis don't doesn't always make that situation easy. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it just became a bit stressful. Yeah. And we were a bit out of us. We were a bit out of a sex groove at that point too, yeah, which yeah, was, yeah. it was, it's been hard for us to kind of, work through those stresses and get our sex life back to the way that we wanted it. Which Spontaneity is, isn't yeah, easy. Yeah, it isn't easy. And mm. we're working hard on that at the moment. But mm. 
funnily enough, we've found spontaneity in a real structure. Yeah. Which is nice, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it is one of those funny things where you, I, I, I've really lived very, um, very connected to the idea that we would try and do everything as naturally as possible because I had such little control over the way we could conceive. And I was a woman that used to masturbate over over conceiving yeah, as so that full time. on yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea of trying to stay as close to that as possible was super mm. important to me. Mm. Um, so it wasn't an easy decision to move to the hormones and, and taking injections and injecting myself for the next process. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting you get to a place where – your eyes on the prize a little bit and and time goes on and and you I think I needed to go through three to four natural tries before I could genuinely get to this place where I wasn't going to resent anyone mm. or resist the process which essentially would have probably ended up in fighting against the grain of falling pregnant anyway yeah um so I really needed to kind of follow through. So it's funny, you say you're frustrated about getting pregnant. Maybe there's no way we were going to get pregnant naturally. But funnily enough, in order for me to do it the way we now may need to do it, mm. I needed to go through that process and even I'm going to use the word waste that sperm or use the sperm that mm. didn't end up doing anything because... I probably wouldn't have got to this place as as strongly and as well as I did today without mm. going through mm. those steps. Um, well, it's not really a waste. It did have its purpose if it was getting us to this point. Yeah, yeah and we have to think of it like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think of it like that. Yeah, there is no one's fault. There is no one's... Every step's got to... You've got to take every step and you don't really know what the steps are going to take you to. That's what yeah. the interesting part about this process is. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, yeah, we did take our first injection today. Um, we are taking gonal. We're taking a really very uh, low dose. Mm. If you are a person that's taken IVF, your dose is probably... I don't know, like five times mm. the amount of what we're taking. And that's uh, just so everyone knows, that's so that you don't overstimulate your ovaries and also we don't increase our chance of having multiples, yeah? Mm. Yeah, and because I don't have a problem producing eggs, mm. um, I was quite scared about that because mm. I actually have a really great egg count for my age. And I yeah. said to her, the doctor, what's the minimum? I actually asked her to dial yep. down her dose. And yep. she said, okay, well, let's have a look at this and looked at a particular number. I th again, I think it was the LH or something. Mm. And apparently if there was a particular number that was strong, you know, and mine was in the strong category. And I, yep. look, credit to them, they don't check everything. You really do need to be your own advocate because mm. I had to say, you know, can is that the lowest we can go mm. that you think will give me the best chance, give us the best chance? Mm. And she looked at that number and she goes, actually, we could probably go a little bit lower because you've got quite a strong, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, lucky I checked because one, I don't want to be overtake drugs that I'm not, don't need. And no. two... I could overstimulate and yeah, I've yeah. seen that. I've seen people end up in hospital. Mm. I saw it on Juliana and Juliana Bill. And Bill. My yeah, God, that was, yeah, she was in agony. So much pain. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I'm actually quite scared of that. Yeah. So um, so we're on a very, very low mm. dose. But then I got scared on the flip side of that going, have I done it so low that is there any point? Yeah. You know, it's a real head well, fuck. Well, I think, I think it, there is a point. Um, and, and that's what it is though for us, yeah? And that's what the ultimate goal is. So you don't want overstimulation. You don't want multiples unless people are like, oh, I really want to have twins, which is probably pretty uncommon these days for that to happen. Mm. So we really want to get the egg that is produced in the most mature and 
ready to rumble situation that mm-hmm. we can get it in. So that's why you doing the hormones with a lower dose um, and your healthy ovaries um, should get that egg to a to a good point. So it's ready for when the sperm comes in. It's ready to ready to meet the sperm and and uh, get it on. Yeah, and then if the sperm, or I should say when the sperm infiltrates and tries to get in, mm. then also there's a chance that the egg is going to be a little bit more mature. So when it mm. does plant into the uterus, it's going to take a little bit stronger, yeah. we hope. Yeah. Um, it's still really small odds, you know, but mm. I think falling Eight, pregnant naturally like is that. still small odds. You or know. Thir- 13 to 18%. Yeah, so you don't, you don't really know, but... Um, which is similar to yeah, is that what you're saying? It's similar to trying to conceive naturally. Pretty at much, this, at yeah. This age. yeah. 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 Um, but it was interesting because you have found this process, particularly today, um, much harder than me. I think. Mm. Yeah. No, I definitely have, I, and, and I don't. I don't know what that is. I think it was just. It's a real official process, and like I was saying to you today, that there was a bit. Uh, you know, it was a bit on edge um, because. Yeah, I, I think the last time I've seen such medication and having to self-administer things, it just took me back to when I was having to do that kind of stuff when I was doing the therapy for myself after I had prostate cancer. Mm. So there was a lot of a lot of emotions and a lot of a lot of residual, you know, um, emotions just kind of creeping in there and mixing in with the with the good stuff. I mean, I, I do feel positive. That's that's the thing. You know, the next time you haven't, you don't conceive and you're not pregnant. You know, you go again, and there's a little bit of that hope just shaved off the uh, off off your hope bubble. Um, but uh, this time, I, I think it does feel a little bit different. It's like, okay, we're having another go. We're getting some assistance. Uh, I, I feel pretty confident, um, but still, I think I've been knocked around a little bit. And you kind of go to get back on the horse, and you're a little bit wobbly. And <laughs> I think that's what it was today. It's so interesting, and you know, you can't. I can't deny that that. Actually, I'm not going to say furious because I did at the beginning of the show say furious. Mm. But it is annoying that you found it harder than me, you know, like mm. today. Like keeping in mind that I, in my my heart of hearts, can totally empathize and understand that you've gone through what you've gone through and that's mm. really tough. And it is totally normal and acceptable and understandable for you to be triggered by mm. seeing injections mm. if you needed to inject your penis. Like that's mm. the last time that you were taught how to do something like that. Mm. But that doesn't mean that as well as feeling all that empathy and love for you that I also don't feel annoyed yeah. by the fact that it kind of has been about you today mm. and I had to teach myself how to inject myself. And you did really well with that, by the way. Thank you. But, uh, you know, it is interesting how relationships work. Like, I've just kind of somehow... You just grabbed it by the balls and just gone for it, which But is also <laughs> given you the right to go through what you've needed to go mm. through because mm. I had the strength to go through what I did today. Mm. So on one flip side, I'm super proud of myself mm. because you have a right to be able to work through what you need to. Mm. On the other side of that, I'm like, I roll for a second. Yeah, yeah. And I did. I spoke to my best mate and I said, oh, my God, of course we have to make it about the, you know, the dick today because our conversations are a lot around Ben's penis <laughs> and how it works, how it, how it didn't work, how it's got nerves chopped, how the prostate's out. Like a lot of our life is based nerves around chopped, that. Nerves the prostate's yeah, yeah. out. It's like a, like a car's <laughs> getting going to the mechanic. But it's a lot. And I don't mean to talk like that as if you're not a person, but you know what I mean. And sometimes you just need to say to a friend, oh, it's, you know, mm. that's come up again today. Yeah. And I did. And, and she just listened and, that was about a two-second thing that you have and then you move on. Yeah. But you've got to be honest with where you're at with each other, I think, because mm. it's I don't, I'm not a monster for thinking that. You're not a monster for going through what you're going through. It's just it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And finding that, that balance in the middle is, is incredibly hard. Like yeah. coming, at the, coming at it together in the same place, you know, is nearly impossible after you've, you know, taken a few few body blows along the way you know it's it's two people you know matching their resilience and you know i don't i, I can't even i don't know if that's i don't even know if that's possible and but to commu- what? what do you mean to have the same level of resilience to something you know every time just to match it and all you yeah. can all you can do like, like you probably said not is just talk to each other and and you know just because one person's going to raise the other one up 
And, you know, perhaps that's something that I haven't done very effectively today is just be open and honest about my feelings. But we never, ever choose when someone's going to have to be raised and when the other person isn't. And I think the biggest thing I've learned in a relationship is, you know, maybe 12 months ago, I would have been pissed at you for not being there. Yeah. But ignored the fact that I was okay. I did well today. I had the strength within me to stand up and just stick that jab in my stomach mm. and move the fuck on. And and I didn't choose that today. Well, I did. I'd been, I've been working for three full months to try and get my head around whatever was the next phase for us. I'm yeah. meditating. I'm doing yoga. I'm staying positive. I'm following my heart in decisions that I make from day to day. Like I'm working really, really hard on myself mm. and – that shone through today, big time. Yeah. But the thing in the past would have been is that with that lack of trust or that kind of defensiveness when you're starting to learn about each other or even if you've known each other and you've been in love and in a relationship for a long time, we can kind of still want to argue about the fact that you made it about you even though I was fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think 12 months ago I probably would have been like, you should have been there. Shoulda, 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 should. This is how the picture should have been. Yeah. We get so stuck on the should, 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 should. Mm, mm. And I would have said to you, even though I was okay, even though I was, you know, a trooper, even though I had my best girlfriend to kind of work through or just kind of let her know, mm. even though I was supported by the nurses and other people there, I would have still focused on the fact that you should have done things like this or you should have been the stronger one. And it's just such a fucking waste of our time, I've learned. Like, not only is it a waste of our time, but it also gets in the way of what is. Yeah. And it not only gets in the way of the fact that you need to process, you obviously needed to process that for you today. Yeah. And it was the first for you to see injections after you've injected yourself. Yeah. But secondly... I would have lost the celebration of the strength I had if I focused so hard on what you didn't do. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. So we've come a long way. Yeah. Well, I think in, yeah, I think that what... what, Sorry, to finish that, I do think, though, that if we hadn't have recorded this podcast, I wonder whether you would have raised this stuff. And and that will continue to be a challenge in our relationship and mm. I think probably a challenge in many relationships of men communicating proactively. So yeah. it's all very well for you to answer a question, have a have an answer shoved out of you, mm. ha- you know, and really pushed out of you. But dudes, it is your responsibility to communicate your take on things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, it's an evolutionary thing. You know, blokes are just... You know, we're taught all along to just, you know, keep our emotions to ourselves, mm. you know, keep that mask on. You can't show your vulnerability. You're a man. Mm. You're strong. You don't you don't break down. Mm. Um, and even though I am what I would consider to be myself to be a hashtag woke bloke, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I, I still, you know, you still struggle and it's a, it is almost a subconscious thing at times. You don't, it's not you're not even aware of yourself doing it and perhaps that that requires some more work from me in that regard um there is would you be would it be safe to say that if we didn't do this chat this podcast you wouldn't have raised mm. a that ginormous bombshell you dropped at the beginning of the show and yeah. b the fact that you felt like you didn't really come to the table in the in the way you would have liked because it it triggered you yeah 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 it's trigger like for yeah yeah um yeah i don't know probably not i I, yeah i don't know it just kind of came out um perhaps talking to you but sitting behind a microphone here is a lot more comfortable you know it's like it it feels safer to do that you know why though how weird yeah i don't know i'm and right right now i'm just guessing i don't know i don't think it's safer i think you just know you have to say something Mm. like there's other people listening we're not doing it i'm forced to say something yeah yeah Yeah, you know like that's not just me and that kind of sucks a bit because Mm. if you're listening to this and you don't have a podcast and you are going through this stuff with your partner how are you going to do that yeah exactly Mm. like you probably need to have and we used to do this when we were going through our first bouts of 
um, of trying and miscarriage and whatever, mm. my therapist suggested that you actually pretend to have a pretend microphone and we mm. would do it before we went to bed and the exercise is, and do this, I'll, I'll say it a little bit slower if you do want it to partake, but you each have a turn of holding the microphone for one minute, mm. one to five minutes. You've got one to five minutes actually. And the the person talks without the other person saying anything and when the person is finished they get as long as they want up to five minutes the other person does not respond yeah it's simply a use of time for the other person to listen for one person to listen and for one person to openly and clearly state their feelings Mm -hmm. but you must state your feelings because i think when we started it ben would just talk about the day (laughs) <laughs> you would be like, today I did this and it was I, good. I think I probably started with like, well, I've had a great day. Yeah, you would, <laughs> you would, you would, you would. That's exactly. And and I ha- and I didn't want to interrupt, but after a while, I was like, the point is for you to exercise a time mm, mm. that you communicate your feelings, you get things off your chest, and yeah. make sure, chicks, you do be clear to that if you're doing it with your partner who's a man. Mm that you need to speak about your feelings, not Mm. about the musings of the day, Mm. you know, because that's what the exercise is for, to be able to tell each other. And it's not just guys that struggle with that. Mm. I think when it's really intimate and there's some bigger stuff going on, it's very hard to say, I am sad, I feel vulnerable, I feel unsafe, I feel unsure, Mm. I feel scared. Mm. Those things are hard to say, Mm. even if you feel like you're with your lover. Yeah, I think there's ways that I could be better or, or, or you know, work on myself um, becoming more vulnerable um, to you. And that's like, you know, talking about these things before they get to a point where they just go, Bleh, and they just come out. Because mm, <laughs> it's pretty much what happened, y'all. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, it was uh, one of Lewis Howe's books. Um, Do you remember what? Because we can put it in show notes. Yeah, it's the it's the mask of masculinity. Is yeah. the book? So this is a great book for dudes. Mm. Ben and his best mate are quite obsessed with it. Lewis Howes. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's a great guy. He's kind of shifted his uh, direction a little bit at the moment. He's he's on another he's on another path. Um, but he did write a book about the mask of masculinity, and uh, you know, it's just in a nutshell. It's several different masks that men wear and that's what we've been evolved or, you know, we're taught by society to do. And there's the, you know, the stoic mask. Uh, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but, you know, the, you know, there's a wealth mask. We have to feel like we're, you know, we're rich and we show that stuff off. Being stoic means that we don't show emotion. Uh, there's the sexual mask where we walk around talking about our, you know, our prowess and, you know, how, you know, good we are with women. We, no, no man's going to go out there going, I went on a date the other night, it, you know, it sucked. Or, you know, I had sex with this girl and it was crap or, you know, anything like that. We I all couldn't have to get be, it up. I couldn't get it up. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's all got to be, you know, I'm perfect, basically. Um, and... Anyway, he the, he has exercises at the end of every... So every chapter is about a, a different mask and he has exercises at the end of every chapter. And one of them with the uh, Stoic mask was, you know, you write down the five things that's happened in your life that have had the greatest impact on you, you know, that have caused you the greatest trauma. You write them out um, and then you're meant to, you know, sit with your partner and, and tell them these five experiences and just, just be, you know, honest and open and out with them. I wrote my five things down. I haven't sat down and <laughs> spoken to you about them. I don't know why that happened. I had every intention of doing that. It was just something that went by the wayside. But that's the problem. Mm. It can't go. It, and it isn't just something that went by the wayside. I think that's the issue here. You have to stop like making it feel like or making it out like it's no big deal. Mm. Like you are yeah, a important. woke bloke. Yeah. And you do speak to some degree. Mm. You're still very much working on that Mm. and it is and it is a there is a reason you haven't read that to me ben it isn't just because you got busy and i say this to you all the time and i say this to everybody you can get up and do 50 things in your day Mm. and you chose for that not to be one of them you need to prioritize it yeah it's Mm. but it's not even that you might be prioritizing it and not admitting that you are finding that hard yeah 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 
That's the interesting part is that we expect this stuff to be easy. Mm. It ain't. No, it's not easy. The work is hard. It's not. Growth is uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 So um, I really invite you guys to kind of try and find ways that communicating could be improved in your relationship Mm -hmm. or at least a way for you to check in because I think the microphone's going to have to start back with us through this process. Yeah, okay. It probably isn't going to be a bad thing for us to to lean back on that because I think that did help. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I think particularly because it's very much focused on my journey and my life and my experience now because it's all about my body. Mm-hmm. It's important for us to hear what you have to say as well, but also that I'm heard without any interruption, yeah. you know, which both of us, I think, for, for, two, for two reasons, but the, I think different reasons. I think it's yeah. important that you have the spotlight on you because it won't be on you as much mm-hmm. and that means that it can build up. And so then when you need to be there for me, you can be resentful or kind of have things that aren't, resolved or communicated yeah. yeah and i think it's important that i have that space that the things i feel don't become our feelings or our experience because mm. there's a lot of pressure for me to kind of hold on to this experience as ours because of everything that's gone down with you mm. but actually some of it just is mine yeah you know and that's okay too yeah you know so Mm, I think that's going to be really interesting for us. And look, do I think today was there was tension around the hormones? Not really. Mm. I think I think we'll have to wait and see. I did feel like I was getting fiery quicker. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can feel it in your energy. Like it's just a it's just a a spike, a spike of anger. There's no there's no gradient. It's just a bang. So I can sense when it's coming. Or no, I can't sense when it's coming. I can sense when it's there. And that's what I sensed before. <laughs> and it's very, un- very unnerving. Is the difference between how I would approach something that bugs me if I'm on the, in the mood swings or under the hormones versus not? Like what would be the difference? Because it's not about what's bugging you. It's about what I'm doing. That's, that's not, that is just, it's almost like. This <laughs> like, is so confronting to hear. Like I am just annoying you. So whatever, it wouldn't matter what I said or did, it'd be that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because and the so things are I so minor when you think of- about it. And that's why I was like, okay, let's just stop. We don't need to talk about this anymore because it's not something that, that needed a, a full-blown argument and that kind of tension. So that's why I'm like trying to pull back from it. I just thought it was because of the way you gave feedback on that, on a book when... I feel like we've had this discussion before, mm. though, where I, That's what I mean. it's about you me. work really closely with me on a lot of yeah. the stuff that I do, but I think sometimes you forget that it's my heart and soul mm. into my work and mm-hmm. you speak really quickly to me like I'm a product of something or like, mm-hmm. you know, and you say that you work with talent at work, but you work with a lot of people's um, projects, mm. not necessarily their fucking heart and soul of their entire life story. That's fair enough. I think it is a bit different. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's not that I need to be treated a certain way around this house, but Mm. I think when we're talking about my work, it's so, so vulnerable and it's Mm. I put so much out on the page. So when you do come in, I find that it's often really critical with no encouragement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and if we were talking about how I sculpted that glass, it would be different to how I'm talking about... You sculpted that glass? That's no, but you know what I mean. If no. I was an yeah. artist sculpting that glass and you looked at it, it would still be my heart and soul, but it's not my actual heart. Yeah, it is you. This book is about page. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and fair enough. So I apologize for that. I'm sorry. That's okay. But I think... So it could be... that. So it's TBC till next week because it could be the hormones or it could have just been that conversation. But Tune you're in still, to find out more. But you're still thinking it's more about the injection. We had one low-dose injection today. Can you imagine <laughs> if we have to go to IVF? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Fuck, it's terrifying. Buckle up. <laughs> this podcast probably won't make it to air. Like, no, it'd just be one no. big fight. I may not be here. 
Um, if you are interested in other parts of our story, you can listen to episode one and two. The podcast mm-hmm. is pretty new. It's important to make a point of the question mark. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because we are really navigating this unfamiliar yeah. path yeah. Um, with you yeah. um, and with each other. Thank you for listening. If you know anyone that is going through fertility treatment, please uh, please pass on this mm-hmm. podcast. It mm-hmm. might be just the love tap or the support show of support that they need. Yeah. Um, so thanks for being here. The other thing I wanted to mention was I have actually started a couple goals question mark community Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, it's in the show notes, but in order for you to get into the group, and there's only one person that's so far been able to do this. Plenty of people have requested. Okay. But a lot of people are missing the questions and we need the questions answered to make sure that the kinds of people joining the group are the aren't right just yeah. anyone that's listening to any of my podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, need so to be, they need to be finding the information valuable and the community valuable. I only want to invite people into that group that are thinking about trying, currently mm-hmm. trying or going through a fertility yeah. treatment. I yeah. don't want people just coming in because they're a... A fair enough. Stacey yeah. Show or something. Well, it's a lot of sharing and stuff. Yeah. Going so on. if you are interested in joining or you have actually added yourself to that group and didn't answer the questions, could you please go back and uh, decline or delete your request and then add your request again and answer the questions? Mm-hmm. Okay. It might be a really small group. There might just be 10, 20, 50 people. I don't know. Yeah. But I want—I don't really care. I just want to make sure that we've all got a commonality in this journey together, yeah. Um, and making sure that that we're all selecting—you know—we're selecting the right kind of people. And yeah. I need those questions to be answered for that to work. Yeah. But please join. I've written up a little bit of a who you know who like how are you? Who are you? Uh, whereabouts are you on this journey? Um, it's private. No one's going to tell anybody in the rules. It's all that everything that stays in there is confidential. So if you're worried about work knowing or someone else, there's a code of silence in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you might just want to join. No one will see the questions or anything um, apart from us. And maybe you just want to join so you can lurk on other people's responses. That's okay too, <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but we'll be putting all of this stuff and maybe starting to talk a little bit more openly in that page yeah as long as it helps yeah okay yeah. guys we'll, okay um, we'll see you soon bye bye i just want to say something more i love you i love you too baby okay bijou podcasts the home of Taboo Conversations. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.